Hey, Alex here. Before we jump into today's recording, I wanted to remind you that all of the information in this recording is for informational and educational purposes only. The information shared should not be construed as investment or tax advice. Please consult a competent financial or tax professional to discuss your situation before using any of the strategies or topics that we discuss here. Thanks for listening. One other quick thing before we get started today. If you're thinking about starting a business or if you already have one, I wanted to tell you about the accounting software that we use for our clients, Zero. That's X-E-R-O, and you can find them at www.zero.com. I have used other accounting platforms in the past for clients, but Zero bar none is the best accounting platform out there. I have had clients come to me after bringing them to Zero. And they have told me that they felt empowered to use the platform after seeing their simple user interface. Zero's slogan is beautiful business, which represents Zero's thriving business technology platform and global community. Beautiful business highlights the power of Zero's powerful accounting platform and community supporting small businesses to help them work past the chaos, uncertainty, and stress to reclaim valuable time and thrive. Over the last five years, I have used Zero exclusively with our clients, and I have met some amazing people at that company. People are always friendly and are always ready to help when it's needed. Whether you're just getting started or are a thriving company, Zero has the tools you need to help keep your accounting records straight, reduce time each month associated with doing the backend bookkeeping, and helps you track KPIs with their powerful reporting tools. Check them out at Zero.com. That's X-E-R-O. Yeah, I guess we can uh, we can get started. So, uh, Alex, we are are doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, Well, not different. We do this every week and we've done it for the past five years, uh, which is hopping on a call with Mr. Mr. Kyle and Mr. Todd. Yeah. uh, yeah, are pretty. I think they're excited to be here. I think I'm so. Excited. <laughs> you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna go back. We're gonna go, go behind closed doors today and yeah, let everybody take a sneak peek of what we've been up to the last five years. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, always excited to spend time with someone who calls me Mr. Kyle. That's Mr. That's Kyle. The, <laughs> that's the shortest path to my heart. Hundred uh-huh. percent. So, so just just before we jump in entirely, there's there's just gonna be a lot of like dialogue of us going back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. for everybody listening, you know we've. The four of us have done this for the last four to five years, and every single week we hop on, talk about our life, talk about what we're going through, talk about financial decisions, talk about ambitions, goals, hopes, dreams, and we all try to find a way to make that possible for each other. And uh, you know, Declan was in the middle of writing a blog post, and he put something very eloquently in the, in the blog post and said that masterminds are about people coming together that are selfless people come together to help other people in a non-judgmental way. And I read that and I was like, that is so true about the four of us getting here every single week and honestly becoming really good friends, even though, you know, like, like Declan said in the, in the blog post, like I have yet to meet Declan in person. Mm-hmm. And I consider Declan like one of my one of my closest friends, and it's just it's like you know, I've been like as he said like in other parts of the world. Like right now, I'm in South America. Um, but you know we've all been you know 
Todd and Kyle and I have you know spent time together in person. We've hung out. We've talked about life, talked about business. And it's just been amazing what we've all been through in the last five years and the changes that have happened to get to where we are now. And we're just honestly just getting started. So let's, uh, let's get Todd and Kyle to kind of introduce themselves. We know them, but people listening might not. <laughs> um, so, and, and like you said, Alex, yeah, we've never met in person, but we've been chatting every week for the past five years. I've met Todd in person once uh, on a trip to Tennessee. And actually on my way home, that's when I met Kyle that's right. for the once and only time. Um, and then have just slowly grown together as, as friends. So, uh, Todd, you go first. Mm -hmm. Who are you? What do you do? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm Todd. I live in Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee. that's right. Todd B from Tennessee. You've already picked that up. I'm, uh, primarily a writer, uh, sometimes a marketer. I grew up in, Tennessee, I had ideals on, uh, at one point, writing fiction, going into the art thing, and found a lot more fun, a lot more fulfillment, and a lot more uh, engagement in in the uh, the nonfiction world. And so I've been blogging online for a while. I took my roots of fourth grade speech writing and 10th uh, through senior year in college grade uh, journalism to the internet. Started from zero, have a following of somewhere around 70,000 now. And it's been, I don't know, it's been, it's been amazing. Uh, along the way, I'm in, I'm in time. I am in CNBC, HuffPost. Uh, I don't have the Trump card that hopefully Kyle's about to play that he's been in. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's been a good ride. It's been fun. The mastermind group has been uh, quintessential in the, anything that I have done along the way. And it's, it's fun to sit and chat with y'all. And I have to say, you were probably the one that started it. Cause I think if mm -hmm. my memory's right, we met via email. I think I just yep. reached out cause I read something on medium. And then I saw on Twitter that you had like a Muppet mug and I was like, Oh my gosh, I love the yep. Muppets. Yeah. And then <laughs> we were kind of, we, we were kind of going back and forth and then you had met Alex separately yeah, somehow through medium also through medium yeah. and then you were kind of like hey how about we just all chat once a week and so originally it was just us three for a couple months for a until... while this call was just the todd bryson fan club yes that's right that's right, <laughs> that's right. thank god kyle yeah thank god kyle came and changed the whole dynamic <laughs> yes <laughs> enough then... of this todd guy well, yeah enough <laughs> of this todd guy we brought on. on we brought on kyle which i i think it was because i had reached out to another author and Kyle was either working for yeah I think I'd reach out yeah, to you some reached author out to a client whose yeah. inbox I was helping to manage at the time and well actually mm -hmm. it was whose blog I was managing and you tried to get Todd a guest post mm -hmm. and I read that and it was just I I was busy I got a lot of guest post pitches I thought ah whatever and then you followed up and in the follow-up you said something to the effect of would you like to learn about some strategies I've been using on Twitter that have been really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, yeah, you know, I was bored, but I clicked the link and I looked at the graph you'd sent or the chart, whatever it was, it's been about four years. And you actually had some really meaningful results. You had like 13,000 followers on Twitter and you had this little report of how you had created that. And so as someone who was getting kind of solicited all the time and used to just saying, you know, no thanks, or even just sometimes just ignoring the ones that just felt like spam, 
I was interested. So you said you're going to be in town. I was very hesitant to do it, but I thought, <laughs> you know what? Fine. Let's go to breakfast. And while we were there, you talked a little bit about this group that you were in. And I just flat out asked, can I join the group? And <laughs> yeah. I, I was never, I was never invited. I never, I never got like the secret handshake or anything like that. I just showed up and asked if I could join and you said yes. And I'm, I guess the newest member of the group, but I've also been here about four years. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you. it's, it's, it's been long enough that you are an original member at this point. And <laughs> founding, fa- founding father, we're, we're looking yes, for alpha found- class recruits right now. <laughs> founding father. There was only one more spot left to be yes. on the Mount Rushmore of this group. So I felt like and I'd never see you again quick. <laughs> I, did, I realized I didn't actually do what I think you asked me to do, which was introduce myself. I'm Kyle Young. I am a marketing consultant, primarily for content-based businesses. I'm also a writer for sites like the Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, and CNBC. There it is, exactly. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, if, if Todd's gonna if Todd's gonna tee it up like that, I've got to at least take a swing at it. Um, <laughs> so I spend most of my time helping people monetize their online platforms through the sale of courses and books, or helping them increase their traffic through a number of different strategies. So that's what I do. Nice. So, um, so three creative people and an accountant walk into a bar. Yes. <laughs> That's it. And, it. and everyone knows Alex and then everyone pretty much, I, I don't know if I've ever said what I do. I, I guess I'm more of the, what would, what what do I do? I, I'm That's what more... I was about to say. I can't wait to hear what you're gonna say right now. Guys, I, think we're, so I think we're about to finally find out what Declan does. Yes. Yes. Uh, five years uh, in. Five, five years, years in. in. Yes. Yeah, so look at the man behind out. the curtain. <laughs> I don't know what. I, I guess my biggest thing would be I'm on the content side of things. Um, so, like I said, I met Todd through Medium because for the longest time I was I, I was just blogging online. And then kind of have shifted to more client-based blogging or content creation, I think is probably the best way to put it. Um, and I've done, you know, some web development in the past here and there, which is a, a nice skill to have when when you're blogging to say, hey, I can I can create a, a blog from scratch if, if you'd like, um, which is what Alex and I did with Simple Fiscal. Just were like, yeah. hey, here's an idea. And then just went and built it. And then we've, you know, got a nice uh, little... Uh, s- some some content sitting right there yeah um so i guess to kind of segue into the the before you segue can i give people a true mastermind call experience and Mm -hmm. one interrupt one of my (laughs) friends and two share something that just popped into my head while you were saying that go ahead it's interesting you were talking about how web development you said it's a nice skill to have and for whatever reason what popped into my head when you said that is i think of like the skill of being kind of like handy you know Mm -hmm. we're gonna go put up new curtain rods and there's people who can do that really easily. And then there's people who like me who struggle with that or the garbage disposal is broken. And there's people who can, or you actually Declan, you just recently took apart a washing machine, yeah. and fixed something that was broken, put it back on, together on the missing sock. Finally. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but it's like, I, I don't necessarily have those skills per se, but I think more and more there's this demand or this opportunity for people with digital handiness where mm. the ability to go in and just, hang digital curtain rods and fix digital washing machines, even if you don't know how to build a whole digital house is important. And it's just this interesting thing where, you know, I don't think you would call yourself a web developer per se, but mm-hmm. you're digitally handy. And that's, um, I think that's an interesting skill where it's like, we, we teach our kids how to, 
how to tie a tie, how to change a tire, how to do some of these, I don't know, IRL tasks. But I wonder if ultimately there's going to be a time when a part of parenting is giving kids digital handiness. That's a really cool idea. And, <laughs> and I'm homeschooling it. my kids, so that could be even part of the That's curriculum. That's right. Sit, now, sit them know. down and tell them we're, we're coding today, boys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, no, no. I mean, my, my wife is, is taking a class right now on the economics and some changes and and what's going on. And there's an economist talking about how there's a huge shift in the workplace happening right now from handiness to people using co-working and working digitally and remotely. And you have this fragmentation of corporate life that's been kind of changing, but now it's just been amplified by COVID and this whole pandemic that we're all living through right now. And it's kind of cool how Kyle jumped in there and, and mentioned that, but it, and it's also funny that I, you know, I was just literally helping Anna with that uh, just a few days ago, uh, helping her with that and trying to help her like understand the concept of co-working and those types of things that she doesn't know. But um, that's actually a pretty decent segue because we, we, we kind of all started off in that corporate environment. And even before working, uh, working from home or working, you know, remotely was cool or slash necessary with the pandemic. Um, we were all, that's kind of why we started the group was we, we all had these ambitions to break free from our corporate work or our jobs and try to set out on our own. And I think that's where we've all achieved that. And now the, the shift of this group has been, how do we make the best decisions moving forward? And so I know we all have different anecdotes. Uh, so I don't know who wants to jump in first to kind of share, like, what were some of those big decisions that you've made that you brought to the group and were able to receive some, uh, some wisdom or slash advice? <laughs> I could go. Some, I could jump in first. So you guys have known me more for a longer time than my wife has known me, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I met Declan and Todd, you guys, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time living up there. I had just like lost my job and I was trying to get this other startup business off the ground and, you know, tail between my legs. I had to go back and get like a temp job at the time and that's right when i met you guys that's also when i was getting featured in that in that magazine in north carolina and trying to find my find my way and trying to learn about you know who was gary vaynerchuk at the time and learning all these things and it didn't work out in charlotte and i moved back to uh florida to orlando and slept in a horrendous location on an air mattress that popped twice and I bought two new air mattresses slept on the floor and at all at the same time, what was happening was I was fed up with that company that I was trying to get off the ground and Todd and Declan were like, just leave. And it was very hard for me to do that because those other people were also friends of mine. You know, or at least I thought they were friends of mine at the time. And you guys had suggested just, just leave. And, you know, go do your thing. I was like, but like, what am I going to do? And you guys were like, well, you'll figure it out. And that was right around where I had that idea for like eight weeks to start a business yeah. <laughs> and, and doing all that fun stuff. Um, and like just coming up with just like BS ideas that I was just desperate to do something all the while working back at the corporate company that I worked for at the time, still sleeping on their mattress. And then 
a few months later, I actually met my wife in Orlando and you guys have been a part of that process. And I've told you guys everything like pretty much from day one. It's like, Hey, look, this girl, this girl is really cool. She's different. Um, you know, I got to figure out how to do all this stuff. And I think it was a collective, you know, conversation that we all had too, where I was just fed up with the company that I was working for in Orlando where they didn't want to offer me, you know, permanent full-time job. They didn't want to give me opportunities to travel because my now wife had to go back to South America, which is where I am now. And I was like, this just sucks. And right around all, again, all at the same time, you know, 2015, 2016 was a crazy year, uh, crazy you know, time, two years for me at least. And, um, Making making it's been hard. So long since I've heard a year not 2020 referred to as a yeah. crazy year. I was I was like racking my brain like what happened in 2016. What happened in 2016? Presidential election. I was trying to remember like what. Oh, for you personally. Okay. Got yeah. It. Right. And yeah. it was just it was just a wild, you know, 18 months. And it was right when Declan became the first client of ours. He uh, he he's like hey like well I got a business now like what do I do? I'm like well I can help I'm you with your accounting. I thought and... I was your oldest retainer and supposedly Declan has had a retainer no, longer him. than I have with you. And... I don't really buy that, but we'll say. And then true. Kyle came in to the group and Kyle's like, well, I know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that needs your help. I'm like, okay. And that was what made me go up to Nashville and have that presentation in front of the podcasters group where literally on the fly, I was taking the day off from work, flew up there, up to Nashville from Orlando and did the whole presentation on the plane, did all of the handouts on the plane, and then just like prepped it and then ran it. And then I actually got three clients from that from that uh, yeah. from that event. I, you I know, from, I got that. I got you know. I'm well, I'm still working with you know Angus, and I had Amber. She's no longer with us, but then also Neil, and he's no longer with us either. He went back to corporate life. Can but, we be specific and say that you're talking yeah. <laughs> about with the business? Because it sounded like right, those right, people right. just died. And yeah. they no, 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 no. They're, <laughs> like, they, with us. Oh, they're, 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 they're still in spirit, but they're no longer. They passed on. They're no longer they're retainer clients. <laughs> yes. um, they're with no, us in they... spirit, but not in retainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really took off the company. I got. I remember. I was like, "Oh my god! I got to a thousand dollars in monthly retainer revenue. This is amazing. This feels great." And you know, my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, she was getting ready to leave the United States because her visa time was up, and she couldn't figure out the papers and everything. She was trying to change papers in the United States. Um, and I was like, "Cool! Like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna figure it out." And then I, you know, ultimately left my my nine to five job more or less moved down here, sold all my things, put everything in a storage unit that was left over. Um, the, you know, just not having any money for like at least about 12 months or so after I left my job and just making just enough just to cover and pay the bills and just trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out while I was down here and doing all these things. And just over time transformed into a business that's now doing six figures a year and is providing for the lifestyle, allowing me to, uh, you know, be here, and that's I would have not been able to do it without you guys. I know that for to be a hundred percent fact because you guys have also become clients of ours. You guys have helped along the way. You guys have helped me find other clients. You guys have helped just like been there for motivation and everything. And at every turn, you guys have been there. And I'm sorry for the plane in the background if you can hear that. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, you know, you guys have been there every turn and you guys have always been there. And I, you guys, I confide in you guys on a lot of different things and you guys have always been there and you guys have always helped me see through things that I couldn't see because either emotions were in the way 
or, you know, I wasn't thinking about it the right way or something like that. So I'm very thankful to have you guys part of my life. And I'm thankful to have you guys all here. And um, I just can't wait to see what the next five years brings us. Yeah. And I feel like you were one of the, you were the one that was able to kind of like create this transition from corporate life to, to having a business. I kind of just jumped ship. And then we have, then we have, then we have Todd, which he can share his story, which was, he was Mr. Corporate for a long time. The ship ran out, <laughs> ran out of fuel. <laughs> and, and, and hit an iceberg. Ship, yeah, ship hit an iceberg. <laughs> I don't know if Todd wants to share his experience. That's what, oh, of course, of yeah. course. I mean, that's what I got to thinking. And Declan said, uh, we've all achieved that. And I was like, yes, I achieved that by getting laid off. <laughs> Uh, from a giant company uh, when, when I least expected it. I, I think, I don't know, it's, it's too funny because Alex said something along the lines of when he wanted to leave the business in North Carolina and we told him to do that. The truth is it didn't really go that way. What happened was Alex was feeling resistance himself. And the difference is, when you have a group like this, that's true. You can say, here's what I'm feeling. Here are the facts that I see. And then we, we can either uh, like rebuke you or we can say, you know what, that, that, that might not be a bad idea. And so I, I don't know that the idea of achievement, I think suggests that we all had this grand vision that we've been marching towards. And for me, I just had these, things that I liked and a certain life that I wanted to live. And, and that, that, even that sounds like I'm like skating off to various countries and sitting in a hammock. <laughs> but the, the truth is it's just figuring out a way to uh, do what you like and do it well. And when, when I think about the, and when I think about the money stuff, like that's a core tenant of that uh, the the big change for me was the first time I, I tried to go back and think of like when, when the first big decision was that the group urged me toward certainly financially was i was i was used to creating i was used to blogging i was used to guy i was used to having the fan club right but i wasn't used to charging money for anything and so in 2016, when Alex is having that crazy year, um, I wrote my, I had written my first book and I put it on Amazon. And I remember being so torn because I was going to, for the first time ever, ask people to pay 99 cents <laughs> for my Kindle book. And I remember being literally almost petrified by that and, and, and i say literally almost because i almost didn't do it I, I had to bring it up to the group weekend you know weekend a week out hey i'm writing a book hey i'm going to charge this much for it and it it wasn't courage it wasn't bravery it wasn't achievement it was just going does this make sense and you guys said yes and i think when you're on your own especially with business, especially with money, you, your, your brain can kind of like outthink itself and, and you get stuck in these patterns of, 
oh, what do I do? Oh, is this the right thing? And, and you ask the same questions over and over. The benefit of this group is I can say, do I need to be a sole proprietorship or an LLC? Do I need to have an S corp election? And maybe I research that on my own, but when you, when you bring it to the group and we can, everybody gets to discuss the implications of that. The answer is easier to arrive at, even if it's the wrong one, at least you thought it through and you had the input of, of, of other people. And so from everything from charging that measly 99 cents, now they're now that's I don't know ten times that or fifteen times that or whatever it is, charging for courses you know two hundred fifty dollars five hundred dollars it's all of that was foreign to me at the beginning, and all of it has been changed to this point in time thanks to you guys. But I mean, just shifting a perspective. I, mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest benefit as we say, okay, you're thinking of money like this stop that <laughs> like here's mm -hmm. here's how i think of it and, and i think i don't know essentially and, that's and the... even when you went to europe for three months yeah yeah, yeah i mean right. that was you you like you literally manifested that yourself like you're like hey i'm gonna learn french I'm like we're like okay and then you like start hopping on duolingo every single day we're like why is Tom learning french what is like what is he doing and then literally four months later like your company that you were working for at the time was like hey uh we have an assignment for you in paris yeah, all expenses paid, yeah. <laughs> more or less. Yeah. Go have fun, and like yeah. you and your wife had like the best, amazing, the most amazing time, and you were even hemming and hawing on that for a little while, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a financial decision, but I was certainly like, there are all these tasks to complete, like visa stuff, immigration stuff, tax stuff. Uh, who's going to take care of the dog? Who's going to take care of the house? And it's uniquely I... cruel when the dog is a French bulldog who uh, <laughs> would have fit right in. Don't even. It, we, I feel like we deprived him of his, his native land. Yeah, a pilgrimage to his homeland. Yeah. It, but it's, I don't know. All, all of that stuff. And then financially, specifically, how do we, how do we make it work? And in this case, uh, the company that fired me six months later, hilarious, um, <laughs> made it, made it work for me. But every little detail, every little decision is getting multiple points of feedback from you guys. And that's, uh, that's the benefit of it. Uh, I, I like how I'm glad you brought up the, the book thing. I totally forgot that it was, it was 99 cents and that was such, such a challenge. It was so like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I Todd, I can buy a hamburger for 99 cents, like <laughs> charge for $10, please. Todd, was that the time when I you, you reached out to me and asked for some feedback on the copy for the book? I remember I was sitting in a restaurant in Franklin, and I asked you what your favorite book was, and you told me this mm. Donald Miller book, and I had you write sample copy for that. Was this that yes. time, roughly? I think – I can't remember if this was this book or the next. It was probably the next one because I was trying to reframe that. And it might have been the next book. But yeah, I just remember you were in that place where you yeah. were really struggling to like actively promote your own stuff. And I said, well, find somebody. I read your copy. It just felt kind of, I don't flat. know. Yeah, flat. <laughs> and I, I just said, and, and you know, it's awkward because I'm kind of the, the person who gave the advice in the story. But it's an example of the mastermind potential. As I said, I am a marketing consultant. This is what I do. So I said, Todd, why don't you pick your favorite book and write a sales email for that book? And so you yeah. took this Donald Miller book and you wrote a really good sales email for it. 
And so yeah. I came back to you and just said, what's the difference between, well, why are you able to sell his book so much better than you're able to sell your own book? And you said, well, cause my book's not as good. And then you were like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I think my book is pretty good. And so it was kind yeah. of, I, I remember that experience. I remember getting to be a part of it. I haven't thought about it in a while, but it's cool that you told that story. Yeah. And that's, that's the skill that you're like the skill of selling. I think that, I don't know, maybe even that single exercise changed how I think about everything. Cause now when we're, you know, closing in on, on six figures in revenue with, with my partner, Tim Denning, and I wrote every word of the copy on the sales page, that's a pretty significant financial change for you to, yeah, for you to be able to kind of unlock that. So for sure, that's, that's, that's a great example of what happens when you get more eyes and ears on your world. Yeah. I, 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 I've known from, since we planned this um, re- recording, what anecdote I wanted to use, which was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't was the, wait. Which was the buying the house um, yes. story, <laughs> which I think is probably one of my favorite things to have happened from this group and it, it it's not business finance but as we've had in a recent i think call looking at life you know not not really separating your well separating your business and personal finances obviously with you know bank accounts and whatnot but in terms of thinking in like thinking as a whole you know not really separating business from personal and making these big decisions which for me was buying a house and that's exactly what I was able to do last year after what, what like maybe six months prior admitting like, Oh, I don't think I'm ever going to buy a house until I'm like 40. <laughs> you didn't and, even, and, and I, I want to give context because you yeah. didn't even say it like that. You said, I have come to the conclusion that I will never own a house until I'm in my, you said it that yeah. decorative. Yeah. It's almost like a realization. Like it wasn't that you had just made this choice to, you know what, we're going to rent for a while. It was like, we cannot own a house. Literally yeah. can't. Yeah. And then, and, sorry, pick up from there. Yeah, I'll, I'll go from there. So that was, I remember that realization was towards the start of the pandemic, because I remember, you know, my, my wife has a pretty secure job, but at the time we were like, oh, you know, what, you know, if something bad happens, you know, what would we do? And then <laughs> I, it just kind of snowballed. And at the time, um, last year we had started paying off um, debt. So I had, we had accumulated some, some personal debt. I wanted to pay it off over the course of the year. We were we were chugging through that, but you know, through those conversations, through paying off debt, through doing you know back of napkin calculations, I was just looking and thinking like, man, I we're never going to be able to save enough for like a down or a down payment on a house, and it, it just it just didn't seem possible. And I remember admitting that and not really asking for feedback, but then a couple months later, I forget when we started ha- started thinking about it, but. Or we started having issues because we were renting. I think it was around October or something. I think it was, yeah. Well, no, October is when we closed on the house. It must have been in August uh, of last year, around August, September. Um, maybe September, I think. Um, where we started having issues with our apartment. It was leaking. We were getting really fed up with our, our, uh, our what do you call it, the management company. Because they weren't really fixing the leaks. They were just kind of patching it over. And then... I remember kind of revisiting that thought of, man, it would be nice to have a house um, and have like a little backyard and especially because we had spent a whole year inside, you know, stuck because of the pandemic. I was just having those thoughts about the house. And I came back to the group and just kind of said, how am I thinking about this wrong? 
And <laughs> Kyle just kind of stepped in because Kyle has gone through this process <laughs> a couple of times of, of buying a home and just kind of like broke down the the misconceptions I had. And I don't know, Kyle, if you remember from that conversation what you had said. Yeah, I think the biggest one was just I questioned whether the down payment you thought you needed to have was as set in stone as you thought it was. And I'm not a financial advisor. Nothing I say is financial advice, but <laughs> I just was able to tell you my stories, which looked a little different than the plan you kind of felt like you were stuck with. And I think it opened up some other possibilities. Yeah. And and, and so I think, the, yeah, that was it. You kind of challenged being like, you don't need um the way you're looking at it, it might not be you might be overshooting it and and so i the math i did was i looked at our rent i was like well if we moved out for a month and lived with the in-laws you know and save some money here and then we had some money in savings and if we put that i added it all up i looked and i was like that would be enough for a down payment and i think we just had that conversation i think it was was it the next day it or was, was it the following day, seven oh, yeah, days the following later? You week. had, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a whirlwind. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I text you guys, me like, so <laughs> yeah, we put an offer on the house, house and we got yeah. it. And it was literally a week later, I think, from that second conversation where it was just, it just all worked out. And then, um, what was it, 40 days later, or however, you know, we were signing and got the keys to our house. And it was just, it, it, it was a whirlwind and that even helped further with paying down debt because then our, our, you know, mortgage versus rent was like $900 less. So we were able to speed that up. And then by this past March, I had completely cleared our personal debt, our uh, business debt. And now we're in a much better financial decision all because I came to this group being like, how am I thinking about this wrong? And then without any judgment, you know, you guys just kind of stepped in like, well, you know, here's how we've approached it, uh, this situation in the past. Maybe you're just thinking about it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Here, and, I mean, yeah I'll, I'll be vague in case this isn't something you want to be specific on, but you've seen, you've also seen the home that you purchased yes. really mm -hmm. increase in value just in yeah. the year that you purchased it. And so you've actually watched your net worth grow in a cool yep. way. And, you know, the home that you own, today would have actually been probably potentially a challenge for you to have afforded even at 40 as you've watched the cost of that home go up after purchasing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just a win-win all around. Just another example of why this group has been so beneficial for it's, we don't, I feel like we don't come to this group with our problems and whine and complain. And then everyone else kind of validates like, Oh yeah, you're doing the right thing, Alex, or you're doing the right thing, Kyle. It's just more or less like we, we come to this group with our problems and are just open to saying like, how would you guys approach this? Or how have you guys approached this in the past? Or what are your thoughts? And it's just, it's, I don't know how I would have, um, if, if I didn't have this group, I would have just been spinning my wheels for, years i feel like uh versus having one call every week i mean like i said it took a week i i we had that conversation about the house a week later i was we put a you know an offer in and got the house it was like th that is crazy like i don't know how often that happens for other people yeah
I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as an excuse to try to make my tangent from earlier sound like it was actually just all part of the plan. But I talked <laughs> earlier about how like there's this concept of digital handiness, and mm -hmm. there are these things that we you know that's not something we teach our kids. Maybe it is something we should teach our kids. I think that in a lot of ways, what this mastermind has done is it's helped fill in the gaps for some of the things that we probably mm -hmm. should have been taught but never mm -hmm. were, whether that be through school, our upbringing, whatever the case may be. But you know, I had a situation recently with car insurance where I was thinking, well, gosh, this is going to be several thousand dollars. And Todd was like, you have insurance, right? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, you don't take it to the repair shop. You call the insurance company. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. And I think that is a part of it. Declan doesn't know how to buy a house. I didn't know how to use my car insurance correctly. Uh, and I think that some of these things that maybe we could have been taught, not, I'm not blaming anybody, but you know, our schools just didn't teach us that. Um, I think that this mastermind has kind of filled in the gaps as we've combined four sets of trial and error and mm -hmm. use that to kind of diminish the amount of experimentation we have to do individually. Oof. Yeah. That's really and good. Uh, Kyle, I mean, and you can, you can take us home on this, but even so where, you know, you have had some clients in, in your own experience where it just didn't flush with you anymore. And, following kind of like the 80 20 principle that we never heard of until we go to an entrepreneurial life, you know, um, and, and trying to figure out like what's causing the 80% of pain from the one, from the one source. Right. And every single time we try to give you some feedback on, on what you're dealing with. And I'd love to kind of hear your, hear your antidote on, uh, how you benefit from this group. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I'm going to tell a super quick story, which is that a couple weekends ago, I was cleaning out the closet in my office and I found this oddly shaped guitar and I had no memory of buying this guitar. And I was like, did someone put this here? Like, where did this come from? I dig it out of the back of the closet. I open the case. It turns out it's a banjo. And I have this moment where I realize, oh yeah, I own a banjo. <laughs> like two years ago, or maybe longer than that, probably about four years ago, when I moved to Nashville, I got to hear some really good banjo players. I can play guitar and ukulele. I thought I can pick up the banjo. So I got on Craigslist to buy a banjo. And at first I practiced pretty consistently. It was hard. Over time, I practiced less consistently. At some point it ended up in the closet and it spent enough time in closets that I literally forgot that I owned a banjo. Like I thought someone had like planted this. I was worried this was like evidence in a crime I was being framed for, like the banjo <laughs> slaughter of 2021. And I realized like, oh, yeah, I a banjo. yeah, that's right. And so I don't have, I mean this with so much appreciation. You guys have heard me say this before. I don't think I have like this one singular moment where I was given a piece of advice and changed my life. What I have is the reason that banjo ended up in the closet is I just didn't have a rhythm that caused me to check in with it on a regular basis. And as a result, it just was something I stopped thinking about, something I stopped dedicating time to and something that I never ultimately improved that. And where I think this call in this group has been really beneficial for me is it's just been a rhythm that forces me to show up once a week and talk about the things that I'm working on. And I think that that consistency has kept my goals top of mind. I think that consistency has helped me spot trends like you were just talking about where maybe I have uh, you know, a client where the relationship is has kind of run its course, it's getting challenging. And hearing myself give that update week after week leads to the realization of, you know, maybe there's a, a healthier relationship out there that I could go, go form. Maybe it's time to replace that client. I think that just that rhythm has kept 
my business and some of my writing goals from becoming another banjo in the closet. Wow. Well, I, I, I propose now that we start every mastermind session with uh, a, a little uh, banjo. A little uh, grass. We're going we're gonna to hold you accountable to your banjo lessons. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have told you about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great – and I, I know speaking – I won't get into in too much detail, but I know I, I'm thinking of one project, one idea you had a couple years back for – I'll just say it's a website. And you kept talking about it but never really – doing anything but the more you just kept talking about talking about and then eventually it just slowly became a thing until (laughs) it became a a side thing that's earned you a little bit of income and it it, it all started with hey i have this idea and i just i remember you talking about it over and over week after week and nothing kind of happening and then slowly it, it gained traction to the point where it's it's still a thing you're working on and is it just it just started as an idea that you repeated over and over during these these uh calls And I, yeah, I know, I know. Current it's like the same project. thing. Like you know, it's like the same thing Todd is doing every single time. Like, the first thing that he says every single week, he's like he says the same <laughs> sentence every single week, and he, like he, he he's gonna do it. Like he's he's gonna get to that where where he's working the thing he's working on right now. And yeah. I think that's that's just super powerful. I love it. So yeah. that's uh, I think masterminds help you quit less, and I think there can be some benefits from that. That's 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 master. That's our mastermind in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I want to say this one thing. My oh, wife man. said something to me recently that really impacted me, and I because I it was just funny. I heard her say this misconception, and I thought, "Well, how did you think that?" And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, I guess I get, I guess I get how you could think that." So for anybody who's maybe shares her misconception, she asked me at one point. And this has maybe been a few years now, but I said, "I'm I've got to, you know, I, I'm stepping outside. I'm going to hop on my mastermind call." And she said, I think it's funny that you all think of yourselves as masterminds. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. And I kind of struggled with that. And it's interesting, but the, the mastermind is the minds brought together. I, I yeah. think yeah. it was mm-hmm. Benjamin Franklin who kind of proposed that idea. But the idea that when a bunch of minds get together and work on the same problems, they create kind of a mastermind. And if there's ever been a thought that, well, I'm supposed to be you know, some kind of a genius to participate in one of these groups. This isn't, you know, Mensa, this isn't something like that. This is a group of people (laughs) believing that they have more capacity united than they do individually. And that's Mm. the mastermind. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, that what do we what do we say? Let's make this actionable. What do we tell someone who's like, this seems like a cool thing to have in your life. Now what? that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Cause I, I keep thinking when I listen to podcasts about, and I, I'm aware of time, I'm trying to get everybody out. But when I listen to podcasts or anything about mastermind, my immediate thought was, man, how can I, like, if only I could be a part of that mastermind, like that would be the key to life. Mm-hmm. I'd listen to Pat Flynn talk about hanging out with, I don't know, Michael Hyatt and Amy Porterfield. And, and they had these, you know, mastermind call. I'm like, man, if I could, if I could just get that information, that would be the secret. But I think what Kyle said is far more accurate because A, I'm not going to suddenly call up Malcolm Gladwell and convince him to be in a mastermind with me. <laughs> ne- like never going to happen. So I, I think, and we kind of stumbled into this accidentally, it's step one, find people on your level. And it could just be like two that Alex and I talked first and then we had Declan join. He and I were talking separately. 
So it's three people on the same calls, literally just talking. So one, we're all on the same level. Two is we're just transparent. Like I, I remember. Yeah, the day all of our breakthroughs when, come when somebody says something stupid and gets challenged over it. A hundred, a hundred percent. And if yeah. you, if you can drop that level, we've said no judgment a couple times, and I kind of chuckle because I'm like, I'm not sure if there's no judgment, but we do accept the person and then anything they say, we're like watching with like a machete going, where's this guy <laughs> about to blow it, you know, because, because we care about each other. We, we don't want yeah. the other person to make mistakes. So I think if, if you think this is a good idea and you're listening to this, you're going, okay, yay, mastermind, whatever it's find someone who's doing what you do or not, not even that find someone who's on the same leg of the of journey as you yeah. yeah call them up initiate the conversation set a regular schedule and set accountability that's, pull out all of your that's been the hardest you know, thing stuff. like yeah i mean trying to find other people is like you know like hey, well we just do this every single week my wife even sometimes gets kind of like confused like well why is it every tuesday at you know at this time and i'm like well just because like we've been doing it for five years and like, look at what we've accomplished. And the thing is, is like, we're like, I think there's only like three or four weeks a year where we don't meet because it's like holiday season and stuff yeah. because we all just kind of check out the, at the end of the year. But as soon as the holidays are over, it's like, Hey, yeah, like we're kicking back off again. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're doing this thing and we always show up because we always respect each other to the point where like, Hey, like I'm counting on you guys and you guys are counting on me. Right. Like, and I, I think that's like, there's like that, that two way you know street going on between all four of us. And also, I mean, even for me, like if you don't know anybody that's in your, in your realm or in, in your, in your space that is on the same leg as you and has the same similar ambitions or goals, start networking with people. You know, like I just got off a call right before this recording and I was like, Hey, look, I don't have a sales pitch for you. I'm here to network with you. And I'm here to like, if I can give you value, that's what I'm here to do. And if you can approach your networking and your and your meetings and those types of things from that from that angle and from a giving attitude and always just trying to say yes, if you can always say yes to something or always say yes to somebody, especially when you're just getting started, you're going to find those people sooner than later. I like it. I want to end with one thing that I think will be clear and maybe not obvious, which is I think the way that some mastermind groups become banjos in the closet is there's this belief that everyone needs to be able to be there that week. Mm-hmm. And if they can't, then you either skip a week or you try to reschedule all of these different people's calendars. And that is, I don't think, a very healthy approach. The mm-hmm. mastermind time is the mastermind time. As long as two people are free, a call happens and you, you aren't like, well, you know, we're missing one of us, so we're going to take the week off. Well, we're missing somebody else, we're going to take another week off. And you try to not reschedule. Yeah, I actually asked for a, just a 30-minute time to move up 30 minutes today but we don't really do a lot of like you know what why don't we meet on friday this week if it's moving around a lot and you're always rescheduling it's just not going to happen it's a time whoever's free shows up and the people who aren't free you know they can come back next week yep and i think to 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 add on those points and to because i know we're closing on time here but um, I think one thing that's been very beneficial is that not only are we all kind of like on the same level, but this has happened very organically. We haven't forced it. And the other thing is we're not, we're not coming into the group kind of like peacocking and showing off. And it, we, we all come to the group willing to give, like give any advice if we have any, but we're not all trying to impress one another. 
And I, 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 that might've, that might've come from just years of getting to know one another. But I remember in the very beginning, I was always pretty anxious and like, Oh, how can I help out? I don't know if I have enough experience. I think there's a fear uh, or a uh, resistance to maybe starting a group because you might be afraid, like I'm not going to be able to give a whole bunch. I think sometimes just people just want a sounding board and, and just kind of not being too afraid to join a group because you lack the experience. You don't need to prove anything. I think, the group, the master, like you said, has come from just bringing four different minds together and four filling sets in the gaps. Trial and error. Yeah, four sets of trial and error. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the benefit. So, There's so much pressure in life to play it safe. And if all you do is show up and demonstrate to another person that they're not the only crazy one who <laughs> has goals that are maybe outside the norm, then I think you've, you've brought a service. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Todd and Kyle, for hopping on the call and on our little podcast recording today. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day. I know you guys are busy. Um, You know, I was really happy to go behind the closed door and have everybody listen in on our conversations and maybe get something from this and live a more financial life financially fruitful life i can't get my english out today i'm speaking too much spanish <laughs> but i uh, but i really appreciate you guys spending the time to get today and uh, thank you everybody for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon all right thanks guys thanks for having us but uh, yeah i think i have like a little <laughs> i have like a little thing at the end so. <laughs>